gems of youth work, sharing precious practices. Hello, hello, and welcome to Gems of Youth Work. Today, we're having a chat with Ali Stoicescu, a passionate youth leader from Romania. Ali has been involved in a youth association called Unstrop de Fericire for the last five and a half years. At the moment, Ali is 20 years old and is coordinating a youth hub of the organization where they involve 250 young people on a weekly basis. Let's get to know how they managed to build such a community and what drives Ali in her daily work as the hub's manager. So, hello, Ali. It's nice to have you here at Gems of Youth Work. And please introduce yourself and your relationship to Youth Work. Hi, and thank you for the invitation. I'm Ali. I live in Romania and I'm 21. Uh, and I work in a youth organization, let's say. I started working there five years ago and I'm connected with this uh, youth work field since 2014. And to describe myself and to introduce myself right now, I'm the manager of a youth hub in Asociația Unstrop de Fericire in Romania. And I'm also the managing a lot of projects and programs that we are doing there. And since, you know, Gems of Youth Work is an audio podcast, how would you like listeners to imagine you as they hear your voice and as they listen to this podcast? I think I love penguins, so I would love people to imagine me as a penguin, as a really happy penguin that shares um, happiness and good energy. This is how I would like you guys to imagine me right now. So penguin Ali is in the, <laughs> in the audio. So while we're imagining a happy penguin from Romania who is very active and who started being an active volunteer at quite an early age, I'm curious to get to know, how did your journey start? I went to high school. It was my first year of high school and I just changed everything around me. So I came from the rural side to the to a new city when I knew nobody. And I've been always like really curious to do a lot of things and to discover the world and to live a lot of new experiences, even if, yes, I was afraid of them, like really afraid. But I remember I was uh, during uh, an English class, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it was the English teacher that actually told me that. It was a program that was called the Duke of Edinburgh International Award that was divided in four sections. And one of the sections were uh, was uh, volunteering. The other sections were like uh, physical activities and uh, practical things and adventure, which was like going to the, to the mountains and exploring everything. And actually the volunteering part was the only one that I, I had no idea what to do with it because I was not volunteering anywhere. I had no idea what is actually volunteering and what I have to do. So I started to search after organizations that were um, implementing some volunteering projects or that were, I don't know, organizing or like giving the opportunity to volunteer. And I found one and I started to volunteer. I was working with uh, children. I was doing homework and like funny activities with them in a social center. And I've been doing that for, I think, six months or something like this. And after that, the project was kind of finished. And also my program in that organization was done. 
So I had to search for something else because I actually discovered that I like volunteering and I like working with people and I like helping. So I had to do something about it and to continue it somehow. And then I started to look for some other organizations and I found another one, actually another two. And I worked with them for like a half a year, but I didn't really like them, to be honest. And after that, I discovered uh, Unstrop de Fericire, which was actually, I think, the best thing that happened during high school for me. And after that, I just kept kept being uh, really involved and uh, being curious and experiencing a lot of things. And it's just like, (laughs) it just went as it was planned, I think, or something. I have no idea. I didn't do something special except the fact that I was really involved, as I said, and I liked working a lot and I didn't really care that much about just going to school. I wanted to do something else apart from that. And then after five years of uh, volunteering, of working also with the organization, what is your motivation now? What keeps you motivated to stay active in the youth work field? Okay, to be honest, I think I have many reasons, not just one, but the first one that comes to my mind is just that I like to be the person that I needed when I was younger, because I remember when I was younger that I needed some guidance and I needed some trust from people around me and I didn't, I needed opportunities and just to someone to help me to discover myself. And right now, this is what I'm trying to be for the youngsters that we have in our organization. And let's say I'm doing it. (laughs) I can say I made it and I'm still uh, doing it every day. But apart from that, I still like working with people a lot. This is my passion. I'm like my main passion is working with people and people in general. And I also like helping and um, being there for people and supporting them whenever they need that. Or like, even if they know it, or even if they don't, I can still be there and support them whenever they ask for it. And this is like really recharging for me. And it is kind of my motivation to keep doing it. So you're helping young people from Ploiesti to discover themselves. And then how is it to be a young person in Ploiesti in Romania? Mm, if I think about the about living in Ploiesti apart from being involved in this organization, I would say it's boring, to be honest, because it's not a big city or something. It is really close to Bucharest, which is the capital, but we don't have that much, like so many things here to do in our free time. We have some parks and things like this, but you can't really do something here. But this is why we are so lucky. And this is why we actually like to organize a lot of activities because we know our youngsters need some opportunities to spend their time with their friends or with their family or with their colleagues. And we just like to kind of implement them somehow and to give them that opportunity. And for me right now, it's not boring at all because I'm like working all the time and I'm meeting a lot of youngsters and it's funny because they are full of energy. So not boring anymore, but (laughs) it's just because I work in a, in a youth organization. If it wasn't for that, I think it's, yeah, not special at all to live in Ploiesti. So that's one of the ways to to make it also fun for yourself, huh? Yeah, for sure. Getting to know the case.
the main reason we invited you to this uh, podcast is the thing that you're doing with the organization, which is managing a youth hub for uh, a few years now and mobilizing young people around the city of uh, Ploiesti. First of all, could you explain what is a youth hub and how different it is from, I don't know, a usual youth center? For us, the youth hub, like apart from the fact that it's a room <laughs> that we have for our organization, it actually means a community of youngsters that are connected through their values. They have a lot of things in common. They like the same things. Let's say they are interested in the same things and they have somehow the same objectives, let's say. And for us, I mean, the youth hub is different from a youth center in general. I, I think through this community feeling that we have because a youth center i don't see it as being i don't know as being formed formed of people is more like a space where people can like youngsters can go and get support for i don't know their um extra curricular activities but for me the youth hub is more than that they can of course be supported and empowered to do things but they do that together with some other youngsters and how a youth hub started in your NGO? Was it there from the beginning or it's something recent? Mm, it's not recent, but it didn't start in the beginning either. And actually I know this because I've been uh, analyzing the whole situation for my thesis. <laughs> um, so our organization started in 2012 and the youth hub is made in 2015. So three years after the the starting of the organization and it started just because uh christina the president and the founder of our organization was uh doing a lot of activities with children from uh, youth centers and social centers and at some point uh she had this idea to involve the to involve youngsters in these activities so she will not be the only one that does them with the teachers but also to give the opportunity uh, to youngsters to do the same so then she just thought uh, thought about it and she says she said that she actually needs a place for them so they can actually come and have meetings and talk about things and plan activities and so on just to give them a space for them to uh, to have i don't know their space just to do their things for the activity and this is how it started and after that yeah, I think it's, it was just working. We were just getting more volunteers and youngsters involved, and this is how it grew. And how many members uh, do you have at the moment in the Youth Hub? Mm, around 200, let's say. Maybe a little bit more, but 200. Wow, that is that is a lot of young people. How do you practically organize meetings for such a, a large group of people? Because you mentioned the, the Youth Hub is basically a room. Is it the biggest room in the world? No, not at all. I think it's maybe a little bit bigger than my than my room in my home. But I mean, of course, we were lucky and we are lucky during summer because we can have activities outside. So then we can actually have a lot of youngsters involved. But I think I do a lot of math and I use this uh, key competence that we are actually uh, developing all the time. We are dividing, we are doing a lot of activities like many times just for them to have the time to to come and enjoy the activity, let's say. And I think it just takes a lot of 
planning and a lot of talking with them so we can actually see when they go to school, at what time they finish school and when they can actually come and uh, and join our activities or just asking them, asking them what suits them the best, let's say. And after that, it's just the math in my, in my head that goes like, okay, we have 200 people in that room. We have enough space for 20. So, okay, we will do that 10 times. <laughs> when do we do that 10 times? And so on. But during summer, I think it's, uh, it's easier because we can go to the park and then we can be like 50 people. But during winter, yeah, it's kind of hard, but I enjoy it a lot, let's say. <laughs> So is it uh, very often a mixed group of uh, youngsters who haven't seen each other uh, throughout the year and they might end up kind of meeting for the first time only three months into being part of the hub? Mm, to be honest, I think it's possible, but we try to make it that they actually get the opportunity to meet the others, like all the others. Like, for example, right now we have 50 new members in our program that uh, is uh, running for our community of uh, youngsters. And the thing is we planned this whole week just with team buildings every day so they can actually have the, the chance to come and meet the, the other members that were here before they came. And also to meet the uh, like the people from their group because again, they are 50 people so you can't really fit them in a room. But we try to organize a lot of activities. We have activities every day. So just imagine that in a week, they actually have seven activities going on and they can go to maximum of three. So they kind of get the chance to meet at least three new people uh, at uh, an activity, let's say. But maybe it's possible, to be honest, I didn't measure it. But uh, after, let's say, two months of joining activities, everybody seems like they know each other all of them, at least they know their name or something like this, or they're like, ah, I saw you before. You're not a stranger. So that's good. And then you say activities. Uh, what are the, the things that these young people do in the youth hub? What do you get as a member? Okay. So as a member of our youth hub, you're also a member of a program that we are uh, running and we started it in 2021 and it's called school for life. And we are uh, trying, and actually we are succeeding <laughs> in doing that. Uh, we are developing the eight key competencies in this program. And we are doing that by dividing them in 12 categories of activities. And we work on this communication side or the activist, uh, activist side or the entrepreneurial side. Or also we work with uh, practical abilities, like we have activities for them just to learn how to cook. <laughs> That's also something that they enjoy a lot or a lot of origami or DIYs or art related things. Uh, there is also this category that is really important for us, which is the healthy mind, uh, where we have activities with a, a psychotherapist that actually comes to our youth center youth hub community of youngsters call it as you want and uh, facilitates activity about depression and anxiety and um, self-confidence and how to deal with all these three things um, apart for, from that we care a lot about sports and we do activities like workouts we do a workout per week or we have big events like uh, running competitions or basketball competitions which are actually open also for all the youngsters in Ploiesh, not just our youth hub. 
um apart from that what do what else do we have uh it's also this uh, career guidance category of activities where they come and they discover what they want to do after high school because it's a really big challenge for them and we also teach them how to do a, a cv or how to go to a job interview and how to act there and what to say and what maybe to uh, not to say and apart from that we have this big category of activities that is called uh, uh, team games let's say uh, where they go uh, to a lot of activities that are either team buildings or just uh, television shows that are adapted and made into a game let's say i don't know if you know the asia express show from the television if you don't you should check it out <laughs> but we also have this this Ploiesti express thing so we adapted that and we made it especially for them and this one Ploiesti express is really well known through youngsters and not just the youngsters in our youth hub but everybody in Ploiesti is asking when can i join it how can i join it because i'm not a member okay how can i become a member and play this game so yeah it's kind of funny for them and then what is your secret ingredient because there's many youth organizations that struggle to build kind of a, a big group of uh, youngsters or to to get committed members. So why do young people join the Youth Hub in Ploiesti? Mm, I think because we are really consistent. And when we start doing something, we really want to do it. And we we are really keen on doing that. And also we care a lot about their needs. So the basic of our programs is actually what they need and what do they need and they don't get from school, for example, because in Romania, the educational system is not that fun, let's say, and they learn a lot of theoretical things, but not so many things that they actually can apply in their life. So this is the need that we discovered. And this is what we are trying to do here to teach them how to actually manage life and how to use practical information. And apart from that, I think it's also this um, safe environment, let's say, because like they are a group of uh, four friends and one of them joins our activity and that person feels good. They feel accepted, they feel respected, they feel validated from us, they feel important. And then they go to their group and they're like, oh, you, you have no idea what I discovered here. You have to join. And then the other three friends also come and they're like, oh, we are finally here. And like the old group of friends is here in our organization. And I think this is also how it works. Like if they feel good, if they like what we are doing, if they like the project and if they feel like they actually learn something and if it is relevant for them. They are just telling people to come and people are coming because they trust their friend and, and their family. And yeah, I think this is maybe the special ingredient, the fact that we actually respect their needs and we try to fulfill them one way or another. And we are really consistent with that. And do you have more people who would love to be part of the Youth Hub, but you don't have the capacity to take them? Is there any selection process? We actually have a really complex um, process before actually becoming a member in our youth hub and in our project. And it's like we have a Google form that we post on our social media channels and they can fill it in. And this way we actually know that they are interested. Then after a week, let's say we contact them and we plan an interview with them. They come to, in, to the interview or they don't, if they panic or if they don't have the time, it depends. 
um, after they come to the interview, they get a task, which is a task uh, through which we actually want to see if they are responsible and serious about being involved in this uh, program because it's a really like complex program also. And after they do that task, we have the final step, let's say, uh, which is an activity where they actually get all the information they need about the program. And after they join that uh, activity and they understand how it works and what they have to do, they start to go to activities. But yeah, we kind of had uh, this lesson learned already. Let's say we are trying not to take so many people in our programs because we don't have the capacity to work with 400 people. And we understood that last year. So this year we have 200 and I think that's kind of the maximum, maybe 250. But yeah, we are trying to keep it uh, like between these two numbers. So at one point you had like 400 something young people in the post-COVID era? Yeah, we did. After the pandemic, it was kind of a boom for everybody. They needed this uh, community feeling, I think, and they needed opportunities in order for them to come and enjoy their time with their friends and actually to learn something through it. And maybe to, I don't know, have some new ideas of games that they can do with their friends. But that was, uh, yeah, I think it was not expected at all, let's say. And we learned a lot from that experience. And like the first lesson that we got is actually is the fact that we don't have the capacity to really form and to develop 400 youngsters. So what were the things that went wrong? Well, they all went through this process of uh, actually um, when we had this process with them, we didn't have three steps. We had just two. It was the interview and then the activity where they get uh, all the information. And this way we actually didn't really um, see if they are responsible or if they want to communicate or if they have the same values as we do. So it was, I think, just a bunch of people that were not really sharing the same values or they were, but not as much as we wanted them to. And of course, at some point things went wrong because we wanted something, they maybe wanted something else. There was, there were a lot of um, misunderstanding, let's say, because we weren't really able to communicate with 400 people. And then it just, you know, how it is with communication, one misunderstanding after another in it's just like the result is a totally different thing than you expected it to be. So this is how, yeah, we learn also to communicate. <laughs> and then managing even, yeah, twice less, the amount of people must be a great challenge. So what are the most challenging things that you experience as a manager of this youth hub? Well, in the beginning, when I was, <clears throat> let me remember when I actually started to manage the youth hub, I think it was in 2018 or 19, and I was in my last year of high school. And I remember it was really challenged to manage all the people back then, because I also had this important exam that we have in Romania when we finish high school. And I was really stressed. I was doing a lot of things and people have different needs. And everybody was coming at me with their needs. And at some point, I think I had like a 
a breakdown or something because I had no idea how to deal with them anymore. And I kind of, I was really angry all the time and people saw that and I'm not proud of it, but let's say I learned a lot from that also, because right now I really know how to handle my emotions and how to talk with people and how to actually respect every need that they have, even if I'm not able to manage it right away. Um, apart from that, I think I had a lot of, uh, deadlines for a lot of projects i worked a lot and this is not really healthy and it's something that i learned during the last year let's say when i i was actually managing two jobs and two universities at the same time and to be honest i'm not a double human or something i'm just a human and i finally understood that so that's also a challenge that i faced during all these five years and right now let's say i'm getting better with it because i finished almost two universities. <laughs> I have just the thesis for the last one, but uh, with the jobs also, I'm let's say I'm managing them better. And I chose working in this uh, specific NGO because I really enjoy what I'm doing. Apart from that, some other challenges, let's say. Mm, let's say it was also this thing that we had with uh, 400 people. For me, it was, I think the biggest shock that I had uh, during all my years of working or, and having a job. Um, I learned from there just to communicate and really to respect also my well-being before respecting somebody else's well-being. And I finally understood that I also have uh, boundaries and that I also can and can't do some things and I can also respect that. But yeah, apart from these three things, um, I think I had a lot of new experiences and it was all the time a challenge, let's say, to work with them and to not panic and whatever. But I don't see them as a like as a big challenge. I see them as opportunity to grow. So to grow. So it's OK. And how do you incorporate international uh, projects and international youth work into the activities of the Youth Hub? Well, we are part of this uh, shocking international, <laughs> shocking group international network. And uh, thanks to that, we met a lot of uh, cool partners. And right now we are participating in a lot of Erasmus Plus projects with our partners. We are not really applying. We want to start doing that uh, in October this year because we we are not really, I mean, I'm not really good at applying Erasmus Plus projects and we are trying to find people that are. Um, but what we do is that we have this opportunity of going to Erasmus Plus projects and we present them to our youngsters and then we send them in a foreign country to learn something new. <laughs> this is how, how we do it. And the thing, like how it is related with our Youth Hub is that the members of our Youth Hub in our program um, are kind of the priority group, let's say, for our projects. So whenever we get a project, we first present it to our members and then if none of the 200 people want to go, we presented to some other youngsters or teachers from Ploiesti or from our like bigger community in this city. And when young people come back from international projects, trainings, youth exchanges, do you have uh, a cycle of basically or the needs for disseminating activities and, and running follow-up stuff? Well, usually we give them space um, 
to do the dissemination in our community and for the youngsters in our community. So what they do, all of them already know when they go to that project that when they come back, we'll have to they will have to facilitate an activity for their colleagues. So they do their best in that project to learn new things that the others don't know. And when they come back home, we have this uh, mentoring process, let's say, when we have a meeting and we talk about what happened in that project and what was that interesting about it. And then we choose what we want to do for the dissemination. Then they facilitate this activity. And usually what happens is that they are getting, let's say, more involved in our organization after. And do you notice any change in the community and the residents of Ploiesti, thanks to the work of the Youth Hub? Yeah, I mean, of course I do, <laughs> because we have also these big projects that I told you about in the beginning, the running competitions, for example, or the basketball uh, competition. I think they are getting more involved and also more aware of the fact that they can actually do something else apart from school when I talk about youngsters. And when I talk about parents or teachers or like adults, um, I can see the thing that they are actually looking for something that they uh, they can tell their kids about. Like a lot of parents come to us and ask, uh, ask us about our projects and our international projects. And then they go home and they tell their children and their children come and they're like, my mom told me to come here. I didn't want to, but now I want to because I see that you're pretty cool and I can do that and that and that with you. And apart from that, I feel like the community in our city it's more active. Uh, I can see that. I, I started to work with Mustrop de Fericire five years ago or six. I, let's say it's five. I don't remember exactly. I'm not good with numbers at this point. Um, and I remember, for example, um, to this run, run for Future event that we have, the running competition, we had maybe a quarter of the participants that we have right now. So they just hear about it and they come and they join, they become more active, they uh, they uh, get this uh, active lifestyle. Thanks to us, maybe a little bit. <laughs> and how big is the team that uh, helps you to manage the Youth Hub? If you ask me one year ago, I would say it's <laughs> made of two people, <laughs> me and Christina. <laughs> but right now, actually, um, we have a pretty big team. Uh, I formed a, a team of leaders and they are around 20 people, which are youngsters actually. They are still going to high school and they are they just learned a lot of things and they got uh, really inspired with what we are doing, I think. And apart from that, uh, from them actually right now, I have a lot of youngsters that I actually trust and I want to involve them more. But let's say we have 20, 30 people in the main team. And apart from that, um, I think there are also 20 people that can be involved at any time and that will actually be involved uh, during the, the next years because this is my plan. <laughs> That's what I want to do with them. So you're like a coordinator and you have 20 younger facilitators or coordinators who are running the activities or what are their main roles and tasks? Yeah, actually, this is how it's, uh, how it's working. So I'm the manager of the program because they are facilitators in this School for Life program. So I'm managing the program and also the team. And what they are doing is that each of them um, have their uh, category of activities or their specific activity that they have to facilitate. 
and then they come and facilitate that activity. And whenever we have bigger events or something like this, they just come in groups of five, six people and they try to manage it and to coordinate everything. And also I'm there just to guide them whenever they need that, but they have a lot of space to explore and to discover the things by themselves. Transfer service. So after all the experience with the Youth Hub, why would you say it is important to have a youth hub for young people in every town? Because I think the youngsters need support and they need to understand and to see the fact that they are not alone. I think this is the main reason why I think it's important. Because I remember when I was in high school, let's say, because I'm working with youngsters that are going to high school right now, uh, I felt many times alone I felt like I'm different from the other people I felt like I would really like to have a group of friends and this way we are actually helping them to get this group of friends and to understand that they are not uh, just because they are different it doesn't mean that something is wrong with them different is also cool and yeah I think just this thing that we can give them the support they need through this uh, youth hub. And I think the youngsters that live anywhere in the world, not just employees, <laughs> deserve this. And in this part of the podcast, we ask our guest to tell a bit of, uh, let's say, recommendations and tips for someone who might be interested to maybe replicate or will get inspired by uh, the case that we present here. So if somebody who's listening would like to organize a youth hub, in their area. What could be their first steps? Well, I think it's really important to have a team that actually can help you with that. Maybe not a, like a 20 people team or something like this, but just get a friend or a member of your family or someone that you're close to and do this together. Because whenever you are in a team and you actually collaborate with people, it gets easier for both you and the other person that it is, is involved. Um, apart from that, like the legal stuff and things like this, I'm not really passionate about them. Of course, you have a lot of papers to do, but you can discover that on your own because who knows wherever in this world you live. So I'm not going to tell you what it happens in Romania with that. But uh, when it comes to the other things, apart from the paperwork and whatever, just find your mission understand your why and actually understand yourself and why do you want to do that what's your uh, your aim with that youth hub and then maybe just start doing it and whenever you fail or whenever you feel like it's not worth it or whatever just try to remember your why again the reason why you're doing that and see if it's actually worth it or not and just keep trying and keep doing things and I don't know, also enjoy your uh, your success. Let's say that's also a really important part to be proud of you and to applaud you for the things that you are doing right, not just to criticize yourself for the things that you're not doing that good, let's say. Should people start looking for a physical space or start designing the activity program first? What do you think? 
I think it's more important to have the activity program because yeah, you can have a space and then do what with it if you don't have the concept of the activities. And also maybe you're you don't really need a space at first. You can start building a community and you can meet in the park or somewhere in your city. And after that, whenever you feel stable enough, let's say you can get a space because it might actually not work from the beginning. So then you will have a space and you will pay a lot of things, but nobody will join. And yeah, that's sad, but it happens. So just try to develop a community and some activities for the community that you want to manage. And after that, you can get the space. That's, I don't think that's the, like the main issue. <laughs> the main issue is what are you going to do with the people that you will be, you will have in your youth hub or in your community. And as five years later, Ali, what would you wish you have known when you were just starting this road and being saying yes to becoming the coordinator of the Youth Hub? Mm, to be honest, I wouldn't do anything different. I really see everything that happened in this five years experience. I feel like it was meant to happen somehow and it just came there in the in the right moment. But maybe it would have been a little bit easier if I actually knew how to manage my feelings in the beginning and all my emotions and all my stress and everything, and also how to communicate. I feel like the communication is really, really important in life, not just in youth work or in this uh, having a youth hub thing, but in general, it's really important to be able to express yourself and to also understand the other people and to make your, your life easier. And yeah, I think maybe these two things I wish uh, I wish I knew in the beginning how to communicate better and how to handle my emotions. Curious to know what is the forecast for you in the youth work field? What are your future plans? Uh, right now I'm in a period in my life when I kind of define everything like redefine what I'm doing um, but I know why it's still want to work in this uh, youth field because I, I really think it's my passion and I love working with youngsters and seeing that I actually have an impact in their life and that I actually can help them do something. And what I plan to do and I'm sure I will do is just uh, be more involved in this international field, let's say. Uh, right now I'm the international projects uh, coordinator also. So I'm learning new stuff and I'm trying to be better at it. And apart from that, we plan to have this uh, School for Life program done not just in Ploiesti. We want to do it from some, for some other youngsters in Romania. And maybe, who knows, at some point in the whole Europe, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But right now we want to make it national. So, yeah, maybe these two things I, I'm sure I will do. Apart from that... I have no idea. I will see, but I will still be here involved in my youth hub and in my projects and supporting my community of youngsters. That's quite an ambitious plan to go national. So good luck with that. And then what would be your wish to the youth work field in Romania or internationally? I wish people would understand how important it is for youngsters, because right now, in Romania, for example, people don't really understand what youth work is and how important it is for the youngsters to be part of this whole process. So I think I wish just 
for people to to see it as a proper job in as a really important thing because for me teachers in school and youth workers are kind of equal and i can say that because i'm both a kindergarten teacher and a, a youth worker and like the work that we are doing it's quite similar to be honest and it's really important for the development of the youngsters so yeah i would like people to actually see that and to understand that being a youth worker it's a job it's a really important job for the community of youngsters and we deserve respect as everybody does It was a fruitful talk with Ali about managing the Youth Hub in Ploiesti. It turns out that the Youth Hub is firstly a community of young people where they grow together and where they socialize. Ali is trying to be the person that she needed while being in high school herself. Someone that helps you to discover yourself and realize your potential. Consistency, need-based activities, and respect are the secret ingredients to sustaining a youth hub with over 200 members. Thanks for listening and have a great time. Gems of Youth Work is funded by the Erasmus Plus program of the European Commission with the support of the Estonian National Agency.